he's not an ace and he will not be the number one next year. Well, he's still, he's still got to be, you, I mean, even with that take, he's still got to be your opening day starter, right? I don't think so. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 21. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, it's our first official off-season episode. Because we had the last episode as the 2018 season recap episode. So this is our first episode kind of diving into the offseason, looking ahead to 2019. The official journey begins, the offseason journey. It's uh, bittersweet, right? Well, I mean, I've got I've got a, lo- a lot that I can look back on from 2018 and be just wonderfully joyous about you on the other hand not as much uh but can only get better in excited for the future excited for the future that's that's my optimistic way to look at this off season well now that we are in the off season uh as you and i have talked about we're going to bring back kind of the traditional format uh if you will looking at starting the episode with some this day in baseball history so this will be listened to by our listeners on November 5th. Uh, So let's dive into a a few points of interest from that day in baseball history. 1940, FDR runs for an unprecedented third term and wins. Nate, do you know the guy that he beat out? Ooh. Uh, You you got me. You have no idea. It was Wendell (laughs) Wendell Wilkie, which... Uh was a lawyer, or who, rather, was a lawyer uh, prior to running for president, and he represented the Brooklyn Dodgers, which I thought was pretty cool. Interesting. Little little baseball nugget there. I like it. Uh, 1976, the Mariners and the Blue Jays each select 30 players in the expansion draft on this day. Uh, Seattle picked Royals outfielder Rupert Jones, and Toronto picked Orioles shortstop Bob Baylor as their team's respective first picks. Uh, 2008, and this is kind of relevant to what we just got done uh, watching tonight. Uh, 2008, Greg Maddox wins his 18th and final gold glove, which was the most of all time. Ridiculous. So, speaking of gold gloves, we just got done watching the presentation of awards. A terrible show, I might add, from ESPN. Brutal, like what? So awkward with their with their interviews and stuff. It was not enjoyable. It's become very very clear that their broadcasts are just terrible, both on and off the field. ESPN's whack. I think we knew that. MLB Network's taking over, but I think didn't ESPN buy out MLB Network? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I think I've seen I've seen some ESPN commercials flash across on MLB Network. Well, that's, so that's not what we they did. lucked out. Wait, how Either did, way, ESPN how did who, who lucked out? ESPN. They got they got MLB Network to save them now. Oh, I see what you're saying. They locked them down. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. They definitely they definitely lucked out in that case. 
Um, but let's just run through the gold gloves for those who uh, have either already forgotten or weren't able to catch the awards. Um, I'll start it off, and you can we can just switch off. Uh, first base for the American League, Matt Olson. And in the National League, there is a tie for, I think they said, what, the fourth time in the history of the award? So dumb. Yeah, Come on. not a fan. Uh, Anthony Rizzo and Freddie Freeman, both obviously very deserving, but come on, make like make a decision. It's like the one sport that we have that doesn't isn't okay with ties. It's exactly. Like, come on, I don't understand. Yeah, whatever though. Like you said, Freddie Freeman is is a beast. Um, I could have gone either way with with those two guys. I would have been happy with either. And Matt Olson uh, is. Very underrated what he's doing over there in Oakland. It's, yeah, a big yeah. a big part of their uh, their success this year. Yeah, their whole infield stacked, or was stacked, I should say. Um, we got Ian Kinsler, your boy, over at second base, winning it for the AL. Yeah, and we got your uh, DJ LeMahieu, man, I told you, don't sleep on this guy. Don't sleep. Each of wins our, it each, for the NL. Each of our boys, man. I thought of you when they announced that because I know you've been you've been. Big on DJ this year. I know. Ian Kinsler, however, total BS. I don't know who was voting. Like, come on. Okay, well, you're not going to take a season's w- worth of work away from him for a single play. Come on. I am. I am. You can't know. That, that's, yep. just, that's just asinine. You know he's average. You know he's average. And I – was he healthy the whole year? Did he play that much? Well, then – Try explaining to all the managers that voted for him. I, I, I mean, they they would. I I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they have a slightly better idea of who deserves the gold glove than we do. But again, that's just me. I don't know. I think we're experts. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, shortstop, Andrelton Simmons from the Angels, and Nick Ahmed, who I'm. I know that you saw this. Grew up a Sox fan and modeled his play, his defensive play after Nomar. Blah blah. I know that really that really probably pained you. Whatever. Uh, Nomar's a weirdo. Well, he was one of the best shortstops to ever play, but continue on to third base. <laughs> uh Matt Chapman. So uh the A's are um look like they have two corner infielders. That could really they could really build around because obviously they both hit pretty well this year, um, but now it's evident that they uh, they did it with the gloves too. He was, um, I think, up there in the top three for def- defensive runs saved out of anybody. Um, so he was, uh, I think, he was a stud this year. And then no surprise with Nolan Arenado with the Rockies at third base. Um, well, I said this. A while ago, I think he is and will be our generation's uh, Brooks Robinson. Yeah. The dude is ridiculous. He wins his six-goal glove in six years, um, and it looks like it's he's not really going to be tailing off anytime soon. Well, I know we already talked about how ESPN was just terrible, but uh, they did make a good point. They were joking that saying like he could have like a 16 year career and still somehow find a way to win like 25 gold gloves or something. And <laughs> I actually thought that was like 
it was funny, but it was like also true because that's just like how good this guy is. Like, definitely under the radar, even yeah. even for how good he is, just playing out there in Colorado, out kind of out west. Yeah. Um, but definitely, definitely deserving of this. Um, moving on to the left field, uh, Alex Gordon with the Royals. Um, I wanted to see the trifecta of the Sox outfielders, but as I've already discussed with some folks on Twitter, it's kind of hard to argue against this guy. Just a, yeah. a vacuum out there and the left. Um, yep. Really has been his whole career. Uh, and then in the National League, Corey Dickerson for the Pirates. Corey was a good story, man. It was really cool to see that guy be able to turn around and, um, and start to get some, some you know, credit for what he's doing and, and the road that he's come along with, with being, uh, you know, DFA'd by the Rays and kind of picked up with the, with the pirates, just probably to be a fourth outfielder kind of guy and not really be a stud. And all of a sudden he turns out to be, you know, a staple defensively. Uh, I think he had a pretty good year at the plate as well. So like, uh, very cool to see that guy turn it around. Um, like you said, starting it out uh, with your two of the three outfielders being Red Sox guys, um, Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, winning it for the AL. Um, not at all surprised. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. The dude was just flashing leather all year. Well, let me ask you um, this. Are you surprised that this was his first? I was. I, I'm not going to lie. I really was. Um, you know, I, I think you can probably speak to it a little bit better than I can, but like, my impression of him was that um, in the years prior, his his bat was so suspect that, you know, before Mookie really came onto the scene, they were kind of, you know, giving him some, some right field time and then some center field time. And, like, he was kind of that fourth outfielder that only played two or three days a week, right? Like, he was never really the starting stuff. Well, there for a while, they, they were talking about putting him up on the on the trading block. And yeah. it turns out this year, ALCS MVP and Gold Glove winners. So yeah. I think it was probably a good call that they hung on to him. Yeah, very smart. Um, and then ND, Ender uh, NCRT for the Braves pulls it in for the NL center fielder position. Um, I'm going to let you take right field as well because I just want to hear you say it. No, I don't like this one. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Do it for I don't the, like this one. Do it for the people. Ugh. Probable MVP Mookie Betts wins it uh, for right field. I think we can. Uh, I think we can take. Pro- I think we can take probable out of that sentence. <laughs> and uh, we got Nick Markakis taking it for the Braves in the NL. And then for the catching position, Yadier Molina with the Cardinals. No surprise, dude is just seasoned veteran back there. Knows how to handle a staff. Knows how to handle a ball. Again, yeah, just not much of a surprise. And then on the American League side, uh, Salvador Perez, another guy that's just a just like a wall back there. Just knows how to knows how to handle it defensively. Um, yeah, did but, I hear correctly that he had zero errors this year? Is that what they said about him? I can either confirm or deny. I feel but like I, I, I wouldn't. Them I wouldn't say, be surprised. That's absurd. That's I mean, he is good. He is really good, and I think the the kind of cool stuff you don't see with these awards is, you know, their their clubhouse presence as well. Because I I could say that most, if not all, of these guys are impactful not just on the field but 
uh, as a teammate. And Sally Perez takes care of his pitchers, man. And uh, he's obviously the, the franchise guy over there. No doubt. And also, I just realized when I was making these notes, I, for some reason, switched National League and American League. We've been doing, been leading off with oh, American yeah, we League switched the whole order time. Up, huh? Don't know I why like I did that. that. Well, you were excited about Yachty. Yeah, well, I was excited about JBJ and Mookie, and then I guess just lost lost track of what I was doing. Um, the the pitchers, Zach Grinky with the with the D backs and Dallas Keuchel with the Astros. All I mean, all in all, I don't think there's really any. I mean, I'm sure fans of other teams might disagree. I didn't really think there was any any snubs this year. Did you? Um, I. I'm not thrilled about the Nick Ahmed one. Um, I feel like, and I, I don't know if it's just because of, you know, the way he's been in the past years. Obviously, I didn't watch him too much this year, but like Brandon Crawford to me is just crazy good. Um, I feel like it, it's hard to, to kind of not give that to him, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, other than that, like you said, everyone was pretty deserving. Well, he Crawford's um, won it what like the last four years, I think. Yeah, I think three or four. Yeah, yeah. And then so, you got Javi Baez. I believe he was the third finalist, right? Yeah, that one was a little strange for me as well. Those two, I Nikomed was not the one I would have chosen out of those three. Um, it's kind of sad to say that Javi Baez is probably going to walk away from twenty eighteen without a single, you know, uh, individual accolade. Yeah. Yeah, especially weird. with the year he had. Yeah. Um, um I got a little I'll put you on the spot real quick. Since uh the platinum voting is still going. Who is uh who are your platinum guys for AL and NL? Oof. Uh man, really put me on the spot here. Yeah, you're welcome. Sucks, doesn't it? I would go to my grave. Uh saying Jackie Bradley because that dude and I get it people are gonna be like oh it's because you're Sox guy well partially yes but that dude is just so underrated defensively like this guy makes a web gem almost every game it's incredible um so that would be my AL guy not certain that 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 that'll happen wouldn't be surprised if somebody else snagged it um hmm National League I would say, oh man, that's tough. I mean, Nolan Arenado. I mean, like, I feel like I don't want to say it's a given, but I mean, who else would you? Who else do you give it to in the National League? It's either him or Yachty. That's that was exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna yeah. say Yachty, but then I completely forgot about Nolan. So yeah, Nolan's my guy probably for that. I um, can't totally disagree with you with JBJ. Um, but I, I'm actually going to take the two third basemen and former uh, – they went to the same high school. So whoever that high school coach is is, is uh been doing some some smart things over there. Did not know that. But, that's, uh, that's very cool. Yeah, Matt Chapman and Nolan Arenado are my two platinums. That's what I'm going to go with. Not bad picks. Well, you put me on the spot, and I've actually got a question for you. I'm put you on the spot. Uh-oh. Uh, kind of – Going with the theme of awards here, if you were an MLB guy, what award would you want to win in terms of like individual accolades, like you said? Hmm. 
I think I'd want uh, I think I'd want the Silver Slugger. I think that would be my the one that would mean the most to me. Um, I mean, defensively is is always kind of one of those things where, like most of these guys on this list, like I said, had good offensive years, but they really pride themselves on defense. Um, I think it's it's kind of being lost where silver sluggers, you know, it's you're not focusing on the average. You know what I mean? You're not you're not focusing on on being on base as much as you can. Um, I think that's such an important thing when all we're talking about is launch angle and how hard we can hit the ball. I think right. getting on base um, and being a consistent guy in the lineup every day. I think the the silver slugger would be mine. How about you? Hands down, going gold glove. Uh, yeah. I was big defensive guy, uh, both in high school and in college. Prided my Kind of like you said, was uh, prided myself in my defensive ability. Offensively, yeah. that was that was rough there in, in, in college down the stretch. <laughs> uh, so not all that concerned with the offensive award, but I would – I would feel as though my work had was, had been validated uh, had I won a gold glove, or if I were to win a gold glove, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty cool. Um, what do we got next? Kershaw, Kershaw staying in L.A. What's your uh, what's, what's your initial take on that? Surprised, honestly, I'm a little surprised. Um, I think I think I'm surprised, but I'm refreshed. If that makes any sense. Um, I, I love the the guys, the one franchise type guys. I love those kind of guys. Yep. In a world of of LeBrons, and in a world of you know what apparently is going to be Harper, um, it's it's so refreshing to see just another you know another guy just sticking with his franchise and and not um, worrying about other stuff. Yeah. I'm sure he signed that contract saying, I don't know if we're going to win a ring, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm not leaving here. So, you know, to me, it, I, I see both sides of it because like you said, when I, when we were chatting the other day, I, my prediction was that he was going to sign with the Astros. Um, he, I, I, my prediction was that he was going to opt out of this and eventually sign with the Astros because he's from Texas um, people have been saying the Rangers, but there's no point in him going and losing with the Rangers and ending his career there. Um, I felt like Houston was close enough to home and could really just do that one goal in his mind and win a ring. Um, but at the same time, I'm refreshed that he's staying with LA and being, you know, he's a, he's a Dodger through and through and I have to respect it. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of the move. Um, pretty much for all the same reasons that you just listed off. Um, my biggest thing with that with that decision was, like you said, it was refreshing because he could have run to a smaller market team uh, to kind of hide from his playoff shortcomings and just tried to do what he could there. Um, obviously, it'd have to be a team that'd be willing to pay for him, but. Um, the the decision to stay in LA where where the bright lights are on them basically twenty four seven, I mean that's that's respectable um, and, yeah and definitely sticking around to uh, to deal with kind of that unfinished business. Um, I mean, 
I know we just talked about, or I just mentioned playoff failures a little bit. I mean, he did get those two wins uh, in 2018 this postseason, but obviously couldn't win the whole thing, which is kind of what you were mentioning the other day. He, like, he needs a ring. He deserves a ring. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. I mean, they've got – L.A. is obviously a team that can do it. They've got the pieces, regardless – who they add year in and year out, they're always going to kind of be one of those teams that kind of just hangs around. It's just a matter of whether guys like Kershaw can step up when, when they're, when they're asked. 100%. And we know, and we've talked about this before, the NL is a toss up. Um, and I think obviously with that roster, they're good enough to get back to the postseason again. Um, I, I, you know, I, it's, I thought it was kind of strange this year that they waited so long to really make a push. But they got hot at the right time. Um, but I I think here's what I'll ask you, which is interesting, is do you think the Dodgers overpaid? Because he's not an ace anymore. Can we both agree on that? No, I I would say he's still an ace. Um, I'll have a bit of a take on that later in the episode. Um, but kind of uh laying out the details it was three years for 93 million so he'll be with him through the 2021 season um and it replaces the remains of his old seven-year contract uh that had two years left totaling 65 million um and also this new agreement includes four million annually in performance bonuses uh in four one million increments for 24 26 28 and 30 game started okay. which could raise the deal's value to 105 million over three years so time will tell if he's able to to reach those increments um and also he can work he can earn one and a half million for winning the nl cy young or five hundred thousand for finishing second or third in the voting um so again definitely think he's an ace he's pretty much been that his entire career um and i really think he'll he'll figure out a way to get over the hump um but a quote that i thought was interesting uh after he made the decision he said winning is still the most important thing to me or for me Uh, that hasn't changed it won't change i think with this deal it gives me a chance to prove a lot of people wrong so kind of echoes the david price sentiment a little bit kind of making it clear that that's still his ultimate goal. Um, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if he can, if I, I don't even want to say turn it around because he's a great, he's obviously a great yeah, pitcher, but it's yeah. just, it's that final month of the season that just really, sure. really brings him down and really brings sure. his overall resume down. Sure. I, I don't think the reason I'm saying he's not an ace with the Dodgers is because of Walker viewer. Right. I think that guy's going to step in um, and and take over that that opening day role. I think he's going to be the ace in my mind. And I was I was actually talking about this with a friend not too long ago. That there's a difference between ace and your number one starter. Yeah, that's fair. And not every club has an ace. You know. Um, well, let me you ask you have... this. Let me ask you this. Do you think? Walker Bueller took over that ace role like throughout like down the stretch of this season or are you yes. are you saying more it's going to it's going to be he takes that over on opening day next year kind of from then on 
I think he I think he took I, I think it was a big statement made with the last month of this season. But um I think he's gonna come out and shove in spring training and they're not gonna have any other choice. Truth is that I mean it, Kershaw is 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 dwindling as far as health goes. You know, he's had a lot of back issues. Yeah, velocity is struggling. The velocity's down. And so now we're we're really questioning, and I, I think that's part of the idea with the Dodgers saying, all right, brother, if you hit 30 starts, here's a bonus. But I don't think he's getting 30. I think the 24 to 26 range is probably more accurate. Um, I can't see that guy staying healthy all year, and therefore he's not my ace. I mean, an ace is someone that I can absolutely – just put all my eggs in his basket and not worry and say, this is my guy. And obviously there's only, a, you know, maybe a dozen in the league right now, but, uh, I, I think he's not an ace and he will not be the number one next year. Well, he's still, he's still gotta be, you, I mean, even with that take, he's still gotta be your opening day starter, right? I don't think so. Really, even with this big deal and the fact that they're just paying him all this money, do you you don't think he'll be the opening day guy? Nope. And I think the Dodgers overpaid. I think it was too much. I think, I think, it was a sentimental contract. I think it was. I think it was too much. I get the whole you've you've earned. You get paid. You get paid for what you've done, right? You get paid for what you're you've done and not what you're gonna do. Um, it's he's done great things. But like you got to take care of the rest of your your roster here, and and spraying thirty whatever million dollars at him is is too much. It's too much for for not being your stud anymore. He's not my horse anymore. If I'm Dave Roberts, it's like I said, it's it's Walker Bueller did some special things, and I think with how young he is and how much potential he has, I think an off season of you know, full development, knowing he's going to be in the starting rotation no matter what. I think he's going to take off, but I think they overpaid for Kershaw, man. Because he could have taken a, he would have taken a pay cut. He would have taken less than that and stayed. If yeah. he really wanted to stay, he he would have taken twenty million a year. Well, it'll be interesting to see whether whether or not he can get that opening day uh, start. So. You're saying it'll be Bueller. I'm saying it'll be Kershaw. So I guess time will tell on that. We're really just going to have to make sure we come back and listen to these come yes. next year. Yes, because you are now on record as saying Clayton Kershaw will not be the opening day starter for the for the Dodgers. That's that's, that's a bold <laughs> take. Um, new managers in 2019. That was another topic we wanted to cover since we've been kind of putting it off for the last few episodes. I know a couple of these hires have taken place. Some of them took place, uh, I think, before the World Series had ended, right? Like at least maybe one or two of them, or at least it was. Uh, Yeah, they were in the works at least. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we've just been kind of putting them off because I'd much rather talk about Red Sox World Series baseball than Charlie Montoyo. Um, But (laughs) but uh, let's uh, let's give them their their. 15 seconds of fame here on the show cover cover the new manager in 2019 we'll start with with uh david bell what is your what's your initial take on him um you know one of those guys that looks like he you know was 
pretty good as far as like a utility guy and step in and play games as a player. Um, you know, he played some infield positions and stuff like that. I, I don't know if, and I don't know if I can take credit of remembering him during his playing days that much, but, um, you know, he's, I think he's a, a, an Ohio native. Um, so I think the reds make sense. Um, uh, to me, the it's, I don't know if it really matters, honestly. The Reds aren't any anywhere near doing anything. Yep. You know, the, out of the list of these teams with new new managers, they're at the bottom for me as far as a, a solid potential. And you know how I feel about Joey Votto. Um, and I just I don't understand what they're doing there. They have an awesome ballpark, um, with a, and it's a good baseball city. It's just uh, I don't know what they're doing. So... Unfortunately for David Bell, to me, he sounds like a stepping stone. Yeah, um, he in kind of doing some research, some some background research on him. He uh, said that he he wants to create an edge with this team that's based on analytics. So, kind of shifting towards kind of what all the championship the caliber teams are doing. Yeah, just yeah. just really. I mean, at this point, it's it's hard to argue against because like all the team or most, if not all the teams that were in the postseason this year uh, had some, some foundation uh, that they were building off of that was purely analytics. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much how they got to that, to that point in the postseason. Um, but another note that's uh kind of interesting is the Reds also added Derek Johnson, who is the Brewers pitching coach to, to Bell's staff, which is, a, which is a huge move uh, considering how well the, the Brewers staff did this year. Um, so that's, that's noteworthy. And I'm, I'm curious to see if uh, what other moves they can make to the, or what, what other additions they can add to the staff to, to kind of uh, put this team in a, in a good position to kind of, start this rebuild or depending upon where they're at. I'm not obviously haven't followed the Reds all that closely, but depending upon or depending on where they're at in this rebuild process, um, sounds like adding these guys uh, is kind of, like you said, a stepping stone in the right direction. Yeah. Um, moving on, Chris Woodward, I think it was the most recent hire of these, these guys, forty-two. I think that was yesterday, right? Yesterday, two days yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, forty-two years old. Uh, played in the played in the majors. All these guys did that we're going to cover. Uh, some more more than others, uh, but he was a third base coach for the Dodgers, and obviously with him will bring kind of that winning pedigree. Obviously, they didn't didn't win it win it all in either of the last two years, but. They know what it he he knows what it takes to get there, so definitely a plus to be bringing with you to the Rangers organization. Hundred percent, yeah. The 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 rumor on him is that uh, a high energy guy um, with uh, you know great leadership and communication skills. So um, he is just another one of those examples of the game trending towards managers that connect well with their players. Um, and we're definitely going to touch on that with, you know, the next couple guys we talk about, but this is just, um, the way the game is now. It's, it's not really the, Hey, skip, hope you have a nice day or good morning, skip or anything like that. It's, it's going to be, you know, a, a very tight 
relationship with managers now. Hey, Skip, you want to play some cards with us? Like, that's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's where we're headed. Go play some fungo golf or something. So it's it's going to be um, cool to see younger guys step in. I think um, it's interesting to 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 you know just the way teams are operating, picking smart guys from winning organizations that have kind of you know, hopefully just been a fly on the wall in those organizations and, and just learned as much as they could. Yep. Um, moving on, Charlie Montoyo hired to be the Blue Jays manager. He was most recently the Rays bench coach. Um, obviously, I mean, we've we've given them all sorts of credit having a, a very under-the-radar year, very successful year, 90 wins. Um but yeah, 53 years old. He came up for a cup of coffee in the majors back in '93. Uh, he, I think he was like one of the September call or like late season call ups for the Expos. Uh, but a quote of his, uh, I think it was from his introductor or introduction uh, press conference. He said, "I'm a blend of old school and analytics." So I'll be curious to see how that approach plays out because. Obviously, it, it it helps to have that that old school, at least in my opinion, kind of that old school of playing the game and kind of managing the game. Yeah. But uh, I'm curious to see how a guy that's not 100% all in on analytics does. Yeah, I, I think that was a political answer, in my opinion, um, because of, you know, people like us, people like uh, in the media, just kind of going off that feeling that, everyone's just kind of nodding to whatever the GM says. Hey, look, you know, this is, you know, the, the guy that we picked because of these reasons here on the stat sheet, and you're going to have to write him in the lineup. He does best out of the two hole. It's like, well, I, there's not a whole lot of gut. There's not a whole lot of feel. So hopefully with that quote, it means that he does have some feel. He does have some gut. Um, you know, he's staying in the division, so he's going to know his guys. Um, before he even gets over there. And, you know, I, I personally don't feel like the, the Blue Jays are too far away. You know, they, they have a decent roster set. Um, I think they're pretty popular with their farm system right now uh, for guys coming up. So, you know, I think... Yeah, they got Vladdy Jr. coming up. He'll make a splash. Yeah, yeah. and then Biggio's kid. And so, like, I think... You know, they, they could start to do some things. Um, the, I, I think he's going to make um, more of an impact than uh, than most of these other managers. And I think it's going to be, you know, right away that he's just, it's tough for him because this is one of the best divisions in baseball. Yeah. And from what I'm hearing with all the reports that have been kind of covering this move, it, it sounds like he's just an awesome guy. Like all the guys he's coached and kind of been around have have just given him nothing but praise, um, which that's obviously what you want if you're if you're uh, taking the manager position, um, and I think it just further further emphasizes the importance of being able to kind of relate relate to the guys you're 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 coaching and having a, a solid relationship with them. Because if you don't have that, then it doesn't matter what kind of talent's out on the field. You need right. You need a right. strong relationship with the guy that's kind of leading you. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Brad Ausmus with the Angels. I know you have a relatively hot take 
about this guy. Um, most recently, the manager of the Tigers. Uh, but he also, most recently in terms of managing, um, but he did serve as a special assistant to the GM for the Angels in 2018. So that's pretty much how he got his foot in the door uh, with them. 49 years old, obviously played in the majors. Um, so yeah, what's, uh, what's, what's your take on this guy? Um, I don't understand what the angels are doing. And just for the record, for the record, when I say this guy, I obviously know who Brad Ausmus is. I'm just saying in the, in the, in the sense of managing and in the sense of managing, it's just one of those things where it's like, why, like you said, like, why is this guy still, still around? This guy to me is the definition of a soft yes man. Um, I, I don't under managerial wise. What did you, what evidence did you see that was positive from the Tigers days? What, what did he do that really said, Oh, this is our guy. Let's move forward with him. Like, come on like that. It, the, he didn't do anything over there. Um, and the truth is, is that he, he, like you said, he spent a year with the, with the GM and so, like, it's this is the definition of the GM just putting a guy in place that's just going to let the GM and the front office write that lineup for him. To me, it seems like there's not much of a spine. Um, I don't know, man. It's it, I'm, it's it's a polar opposite of Mike Sosha, in my opinion, and. I don't think it was a positive way way to do it. Like, I'm not a fan of Mike Socha. I think it was time for him to go years ago. But this wasn't the right move, in my opinion. Yeah, and I know I said on last, I think it was last week's episode, um, that I thought the Angels were going to be one of these sneaky teams that kind of figures it out, puts puts the right pieces on the table, and kind of helps Mike Trout like actually do something on the field. Um, especially in the in the postseason, if they can get that far. But this was one of the moves where I was like, "No, this isn't the way to do it." Like, no. If you're gonna if you're gonna be investing in in guys in the off season and making moves before next year's deadline, if if that's what the situation calls for, like if you're in that in that position to to maybe make a late October push, I don't think this was the way to do it. Like to to start to start that transition. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Um, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll prove us wrong. Not likely, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> lastly, we got Rocco Baldelli. He's uh, a name that many are familiar with. Uh, he's now going to be managing the Twins. Uh, he was the first base coach under Kevin Cash with the Rays there for a while. Um, and then before the 2017 season, they uh, promoted him to the major league field coordinator. And basically that position just involves analyzing tendencies of opposing hitters and helping the team uh, implement different strategies throughout the game. He's 37 years old. He's the youngest of, of this bunch. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, obviously playing the majors, but uh, what do you think? I like it. He was. Um, he's come out and said that he's a fun guy. He wants a fun clubhouse. He thinks that guys play more relaxed when they're fun and, and loose. Um, and so I think um, 
you know, it, it's there may be a respect issue. I could see that being a little bit of an issue with uh, with other players. But see, before um, think, before you continue, I might have to disagree with you on that. I think I I don't know. I want to say I could compare this to kind of an Alex Core situation because I feel like he's a guy where he doesn't need to command the respect. He's just gonna he's just gonna be able to kind of earn it as yeah. he goes along, just because he kind of has that that way about him. But as with all of this, we'll, only time will tell. But I feel like compared to say like a Brad Ausmus, who was also relatively young when he started managing. Yeah. Obviously not in the same way that Baldelli is, but I feel like he's the type of guy that, like I said, similar to core is just going to kind of earn it as he goes along. He's not going to have to fight for it. He's not going to have to like put his foot down like unnecessarily in situations just to prove that he's, he's the guy in charge. Um, but I don't here's, know. Here's my thing is that run what <laughs> run fun runs out. Fun fades away if you're not winning. Right. And so if you have a roster that's built to go and built to go far right now, yeah, man, let's have fun. Let's play loose. Let's do whatever we need to do. Um, but I think you're going to start to see, you know, certain guys get a little pissed if he's still got this happy-go-lucky attitude when they're, you know, third in the division and 15 games back. I think it's... Uh, I like Rocco Baldelli. I think this is a good hire. I'm just concerned with you immediately coming out and saying that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting because weren't the Twins this year, they were kind of in the hunt there for like a very for small a while. window. Or yeah, maybe yeah, for, it was longer than that. It was like two-thirds of the season. They were like, okay, we got a chance. And then all of a sudden it was dead. Yeah, so I mean, they obviously – I mean, depending upon what they do in the off season, they've got, like I would say, or the term terminology that I use, they got the pieces in place. Um, and I, like I said, I'm a fan of this move. I think he'll, he'll fit in very well there. And if they can kind of feed off, off his energy as a, as a young manager, um, they could, they could, uh, make the, make the Indians sweat a little bit come September, October. Again, just another credit to the Rays. uh, coaching staff right now yeah for real they're just they're pushing out managers left and right yeah um and lastly the not a position filled but unfilled rather is the the orioles managerial spot what's your do you have any any take on what could happen with that do you think it would be girardi by chance i don't think girardi um i unfortunately i'm not sure if girardi's gonna manage again which is a total just like tragedy. you know we were talking about before. It really is because I, I I really am a big fan of Girardi for obvious reasons, but um, he's the like we said before the way the game's trending with with you needing to listen to your GM and he you know didn't seem to really be one of those guys. Didn't really seem to have the closeness with his players. That's just I don't know. It's it's trending towards not being the case. Um, I mean, it, he's too similar in my mind to Showalter. Um, no fair. one is as hard, no one is as hard ass as, as Showalter, but Girardi is going to be kind of similar to that. 
Um, no, I, I gave my prediction a couple, I think it was a while ago, a couple months ago, but I think Carlos Beltran um, is going to be taking that role. An- another young guy who um, hasn't been removed too long, has obvious respect for the way he played, for how long he played, for how successful he was. Um, he's, he came out as soon as he was done playing saying he wanted to be a manager. I think he did interview for the Yankees job when uh, before Ann Bruin was hired. So I think he, he is getting his, you know, at least trying to get his foot in the door with a managing role. But I think that would be good for a rebuilding team, or I should say a team that definitely needs to commit to a rebuild. Yeah, no doubt. Um, my biggest thing with it is that if they don't have a manager on opening day, nobody's going to want to buy tickets to that. Nobody's going to want to go to an Orioles game. Well, they are going to be super cheap tickets. Well, I can tell you how they're going to be even cheaper. Do you want to know how? The Geek? The Geek. Seat Geek. It's the answer <laughs> to all your ticketing needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. Next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. It's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash and a promo code DTD at checkout. All right. Bringing back the unpopular opinion. I've missed it. I'm glad to have it back. Uh, this first one, this first one back is going to be on a guy we've already talked about, and that is Clayton Kershaw. And my unpopular opinion is that he is going to win a World Series as a member of the Dodgers, whether it's in the next three years as a part of his contract or uh, an extension down the road. But here's where the unpopular opinion comes into play: it will be as second fiddle to another arm such as Walker Bueller kind of what you already alluded to it's not he's not going to win a world series as the guy he's going to be on the team he's going to be pitching well but he's not going to be the guy like whenever that year comes whenever they they finally win it like I said I can see him being dominant in the regular season as he almost always is Uh, but when it comes time for October like I said he's going to take a back seat uh, and kind of provide for the team in, in kind of like a number two role, uh, like I said, for the offseason at least. Um, the biggest thing with this is that the management is finally going to figure out that he's not the best option right out of the gate. Like, there's no need to pitch him in game one of every series knowing his history. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, try going up a game in the series with a win from a guy like Bueller. Like, it's crazy how much things can change when you're up 1-0 in the series, not down 0-1. Um, but I think by doing that, you kind of take the pressure off of Kershaw. Like that's that seems to be one of the biggest things. Like I just feel like similar to David Price, he's just, he just has this pressure, and even if he doesn't show it, you know it's there. He he wants to perform well in the postseason, and like we already said, he did he did a little bit this year, but there are still some struggles. Um, but another thing with this is if David Price can overcome his postseason woes, I firmly believe Clayton Kershaw can because uh, David Price didn't have a win in the postseason. Clayton Kershaw has already done that, but obviously still hasn't won the whole thing. But I, I think he can really do it. Um, 
But until the Dodgers realize that Kershaw cannot be the number one guy in a postseason series, regardless how much money they give him, they're not going to win a World Series. So, again, my unpopular opinion here is that Kershaw will win a World Series as a member of the Dodgers, but he won't be the guy when they do it. So, that's my take. Fair enough, brother. Uh, Well, that pretty much wraps up kind of what I had, what we talked about. I'm going to flip it to you for anything that they're not talking about. So, a couple things. I know we're light and super early into the offseason. We have the Cubs picking up Cole Hamill's uh, option for $20 million. Um, He will be a Cubby next year. He went 4-3 with a 2-3-6 ERA. Had 74 strikeouts and 76 innings uh, in 12 starts with the Cubs. So um, just another piece to uh, what is probably going to be a pretty legit roster next year. Um, Unfortunately, World Series ratings were down this year. Uh, I think this kind of leads because of the two hate them or love them teams that we had this year. Um, you know, that it's a love or hate them with the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't extremely competitive. I think the most uh, entertaining game we could have pulled from was the long one. Um, and even then, it, it, uh, it was too long for most people to, to hang around and watch. So, Well, not to interrupt, um, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Sox guy. I know I have to qualify myself every time when I say something like this. <laughs> but do you think that any like any degree of that might be because people just didn't want to tune in for an outcome that they knew was inevitable? Like, yeah, we, and that's, you, that's we probably... and a lot of other people have been saying the whole season that doesn't matter who comes out of the NL, the the, the AL is going to take it regardless who it is. And right. I think a lot of people felt that way once October finally rolled around. Yeah, I mean, I I would say it was pretty inevitable. We both felt that way. And I'll admit that if we weren't doing this podcast together, I don't know if I would have watched some of those games. I mean, I don't know if I would have been in tune with it. Honestly, it was, like you said, it was the inevitable. And um, it was probably great for your fans and your guys', you know, you know, your brotherhood to watch it. But for me, it sucked. And so, but, you know, it is what it is. So hopefully, um, you know, things get adjusted with uh, with viewers and, Hopefully we have a, a, a competitive World Series next year. Um, staying with the Red Sox, uh, I don't know if any of you have heard this, but they had a fan get uh, stabbed after a World Series game in L.A. this year. Uh, he was stabbed with a screwdriver and attacked by multiple guys. His name's Josh Davis. Um, you know, I'm sad for for anything that happens like this but i'm not surprised like it's la has this reputation of having trashy fans and there's been you know multiple attacks outside of dodger stadium and it's just it's ridiculous that this is even being done or talked about it's just it's 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 disgusting in my opinion um uh, you and i are passionate and competitive as as much as any other, you know, fan, but uh, I've never gotten to the point of stabbing someone. Rest assured, I, regardless how a Yankee Red Sox game goes, I would never stab you. <laughs> I will never 
bring a screwdriver to a game and then stab you with it. Um, next one. Apparently, Bryce Harper posted a video on his story on social media um, after him and his lady voted. And Bryce was rocking a Chicago Bulls hat. So uh, let, the theories, yeah, let the theories and speculations begin. I think this is one of many uh, hints that we'll get throughout the year. Um, but not surprised. It did look good, though. Bulls are sweet. Uh, last one. Justin Turner has officially shaved that nasty, fiery beard of his. Now can you come back to liking him like now that he's got rid of the beard cuz that was like the reason you hated the guy. You were just was really gross. Was really spiteful, man. Like that, that was, was gross. That was, that was uncalled for. He started to look like a muppet. It was you, close. You didn't need to hate the guy, man. I mean, that was just <laughs> that was just mean. The guy didn't do anything to you. He looks like a normal human being again, which is awesome. I actually got the notification on my phone, and it was like a little tiny thumbnail picture, so I couldn't see it. So I need to actually pull up the picture because I'm curious what it looks like. It's it's like a sneaky someone took a picture of him at a restaurant, and the phone was like hiding behind a glass of water kind of picture. How do you even know that it's him? Like if you're at a restaurant, <laughs> like you can kind of you can kind of tell. I don't. He's wearing a snapback, but you can see that there's obviously no beard. It definitely looks like him. I hope it's him. So, like I said, that it was getting gross. But uh, maybe this is like his official start for No Shave November. I don't know. Must be. But that is uh, that is it for me from things somewhat not being talked about. Well, uh, any other parting thoughts you'd like to share with the people? Uh, I'm hungry. <laughs> All right. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Uh, That that does it for us. As always, thanks for tuning in. Catch back up to you guys later this week. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, Nate, if if I'm correct, our plan is to do Monday and Thursday shows. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, people. Get uh, get used to the schedule. We're back on track. Postseason's over. Offseason schedule. Monday, Thursdays. We're gonna get you through your Monday woes or hangovers, off, whatever you got going. Off-season woes, really. Yeah, and uh, and thirsty Thursdays, you can start it with uh, with us. There you go. Um, in the meantime, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it, and leave that rating and review. How many stars? The old Joe DiMaggio number five. Man, you're just coming up with something new every week. I swear. Uh, also be sure to check out the new and improved shop with brand new podcast merch I mentioned it for the first time on last episode uh, on the last episode I'm struggling to talk right now Um, but got shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, phone cases and more so head on over to the shop and that URL is shop.dtdbaseball.com and pick up some gear Uh, We love you all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until then, stay filthy.